Let me just reiterate about our holiday services so that you aren't confused. We will be having a combined service Christmas Sunday morning, as Pastor Dave said, at 10 o'clock. And then on New Year's Day, that Sunday, we're going to have no Sunday school. We're going to have morning worship at our regular time, 1045. So 10 o'clock, no Sunday school on Christmas Day, 1045. Uh, no Sunday school on New Year's Day. Again, we are grateful for this uh, fine turnout tonight. many people it takes a little longer to to do the handouts but we are uh, looking at our beatitudes tonight it is blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of god theme being a peacemaker is a unique characteristic of a child of god it's one of the characteristics that is peculiar or unique to the child of god The child of God wants to be a peacemaker as opposed to stirring up strife. A peacemaker is one who seeks to bring peace to parties at odds with each other. A synonym for a peacemaker is a reconciler. Acts 7.26 The next day Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? These were two Israelites that were fighting, and Moses tried to bring an end to the strife, an end to the discord, and wanted to bring peace. He wanted to make peace between them. That is the characteristic of a peacemaker. We are most like Christ when we are serving as peacemakers. So Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they shall be called sons of God. To be a son of God is to follow in the ways of God, even as Jesus did. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father. Now that's not talking about the way in which we enter into a sonship to God. We know that as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the children of God. We become a child of God by faith, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's saying that you are like God. You are like your father when you are making peace. Note, uh, let me go on and read uh, Matthew 5.45. In order that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. 
so that God is peaceful, is not vengeful or seeking to harm others. Note to follow in the ways of the devil is to be a son of the devil. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now notice that one of the first characteristics of those that follow the devil is to be a murderer. And certainly Cain murdered Abel. But the idea there is that the devil wants to bring harm. He wants to bring destruction. He wants to bring division. Whereas the peacemaker doesn't want to bring harm, but wants to bring good. He wants to bring reconciliation. Jesus Christ is the supreme example of being a peacemaker. Jesus came to earth to make peace between ourselves and God. Due to our sinfulness, we are at odds with God. Philippians 3.18, For many walk with whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And we were at enmity with God. Secondly, Jesus died to make peace between ourselves and God. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So Jesus came to make peace between ourselves and God, to end that strife, to end that rebellion. Jesus came also to make peace between ourselves and others. Ephesians 2.12 Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups, that's referring to Jew and Gentile, into one, and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. There was a division that existed between Jew and Gentile. Jesus Christ came to remove that barrier between Jew and Gentile. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. So that he came to bring peace to this world in the relationships that we enjoy to others. Even among groups that normally would be at enmity with each other. So that there would be no ethnic division. So we could bring it to a more contemporary state and say that Jesus Christ came to bring peace between black and white. Between groups that oftentimes fight. But through Christ Jesus, there is reconciliation. So we too are to be peacemakers, even as Jesus was. We're to bring peace between people and God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So he came to achieve it by his cross, 
And then he committed to us the message, the proclamation, the word of reconciliation. He gave us the privilege and the responsibility to tell people how they could be at peace with God, how they could experience his joy, his blessing. And we are to take that message to others. 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. King James says, we beg you in Christ's stead. Christ isn't here. But we are doing the work of Christ when we are entreating, begging, pleading with people to be reconciled to God. We also are to bring peace among people. 1 Corinthians 7, 11, But if she does leave her husband, uh, but if she does leave, let her remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, but the husband should not send his life away. Here is a passage that's dealing with divorce. And we find out that it's the responsibility of the church to help such a couple, to encourage them in their faith, and that we would exhort them to be reconciled. That's part of our ministry that we have to one another, trying to bring together people who are at odds with each other. Philippians 4, 2. I plead with Iodia, I plead with Syntyche, to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life, being a peacemaker, uh, uh, excuse me, and a member of the book of life. You're to help them, and the aspect there is to help them get along. Bring peace with Syntyche and Yodia. Being a peacemaker most closely identifies us with the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Those in leadership should possess the quality of peacemaker. Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, but a lover of money. There to be quarrelsome is to be the opposite of a peacemaker, a person who stirs up strife, who, who's always quarreling, who is always getting in other people's faces. That's not to be the leadership in the church. The leadership in the church is to be peacemaking. We should all have as a goal in our Christian life to be a peacemaker. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. 1 Peter 3, 13, 10. For whosoever would love life, see good days, must keep his tongue from evil, his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Peacemakers, being a peacemaker requires an activity on our part. Blessed are the peacemakers, not just the peaceful, but the peacemakers. And James 3.18 says, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Being a peacemaker requires wisdom on our part. But the wisdom that comes from heaven 
is first of all pure, then peace-loving. True wisdom, true understanding, true apprehension of what it means to be spiritual and to follow Christ results in being a lover of peace, peace-loving. James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Being a peacemaker requires practicing those things that bring peace. 1 Peter 3.8 says to sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking guile. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So the seeking peace and pursuing peace is accomplished by all of these exhortations. Notice, going back to 1 Peter 3, 8, to sum it all up, let us be a peacemaker, which means to be harmonious. Let us be a peacemaker, which means to be sympathetic. Let us be a peacemaker, which means to be brotherly kinded. Let us be a peacemaker, which means that we're going to be humble in spirit. You see, if we're proud, we are going to stir up animosity within others. Let us be a peacemaker, not returning evil for evil. Don't get back. Don't be vengeful. But be a peacemaker. Don't return insult for insult. If somebody says something nasty to you, don't say something nasty back. Be a peacemaker. Give a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose, that you might inherit a blessing. Let him who means to love life and see good days, refrain his tongue from evil. His lips from speaking guile. Don't be two-faced. Don't be something in front of someone and then be talking about them behind their back. Is a guileless individual. Be a peacemaker as opposed to stirring up strife. Lastly, we can be peacemakers by acting in an opposite manner to those who stir up strife. God uh, loves a peacemaker. God hates, I thought I put that in here, but I didn't. God hates those that stir up strife. Proverbs chapter 6 says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. A uh, proud look, a lying tongue, uh, he that, uh, proud look, a lying tongue, uh, he that uh, sheds innocent blood, and then the last one is, and he that stirs up strife among brethren. Uh, God hates that when we sow discord. And unfortunately, we see that happen oftentimes in a church where people are sowing discord, where they are acting and saying things that are going to put people at odds with each other. That instead of putting out fires, they fan the fires. They stir it up. You know, you can stir up a fire and all of a sudden, what is embling, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just moldering there, and all of a sudden erupts into flames. Some people like to stir up the fire, rather than to pour water on it. We're to be people that pour water on the fires, not stir it up. 
How do we do that? Well, by being opposite of the person who stirs up. So as we look at uh, these Proverbs, we look at them in light of being a peacemaker. We can be a peacemaker by being slow to anger. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. Don't be quick to lose your temper. Don't be quick to blow off steam. Don't be quick to tell other people off. That's not going to lead for peace. That's not going to bring reconciliation. Hang in there. And so you get the New Testament and it's turn the other cheek. Uh, Let people abuse you rather than abuse others. Next, we can be a peacemaker by letting inconsequential matters ride. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. And it's just like that, that, that slow water over a dam and then all of a sudden the whole dam falls. Well, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Before it erupts into an argument, just drop the matter, it says. Uh, there are so many things in this life that just don't matter. They just aren't worth fighting over. They aren't worth making a big deal about. They aren't worth bringing to other people's attention. You don't always have to point out somebody else's mistake. You don't always have to laugh at the foolish things that other people do. You don't always have to have a quick comeback to something that someone says to you that that perhaps they didn't even mean to be hurtful, but in fact cut you to the quick. Learn to let certain things ride. Be a peacemaker. Some things we can't let ride, but a great many of them we can. We just let it go. Just don't let it bother you. Don't stir up strife. Thirdly, we can be a peacemaker by valuing the role of a peacemaker. It is to man's honor to avoid strife. It is to man's honor to avoid strife. But every fool is quick to quarrel. As I said, this is unique to Christendom. And uh, our culture is not particularly Christ-like. And some of the characteristics that uh, are valued in our culture are not Christ-like. And our culture values people that stand up for themselves, stand up for their rights. Tough people, macho people, uh, people that get in other people's faces, people that are intimidating. Uh, Quite opposite from this aspect where a man's honor is to avoid strife. We should hold in high esteem people that it's just hard to get them into an argument, hard to get them uh, stressed out, hard to get them to say something unkind towards someone else. Such people we should hold in high regard. We become a peacemaker by not engaging in the ridicule of others. Drive out the mocker and out goes strife. If you can drive out the person who makes fun, you can end strife. Um, Most people don't like to be made fun of. Most people don't like to be ridiculed, privately or in public. And the scripture says, if you drive out the mocker, you will drive out strife. So we become a peacemaker by being careful what we say to others and about others. Next, we can become a peacemaker 
by not meddling in other people's affairs. When we remember when we were in 1 Thessalonians, that was a characteristic of showing love to our brethren. Mind your own business. Verse Thessalonians, here in Proverbs 26, 17, like one who seizes a dog by the ears is a passerby who meddles in a quarrel not his own. Okay, uh, I like that imagery. You, you know, you don't want to go up and, and grab a, a dog by its ears. It's not going to like that. You don't need to get involved in a quarrel that's not your own. You don't have to take sides. You don't have to enter in. Now, I just said that we need to be peacemakers. This is not saying you don't be a peacemaker. But it is saying that, that you're not meddlesome. You're not meddlesome. Let me say to you that um, <clears throat> in order to be a peacemaker in a situation, two things have to happen, I think. One is that you have to do things that lead to peace. And then secondly, if you're going to actively be engaged in peacemaking, I think you have to be invited into that position. I don't think you can walk up to two people who are fighting and say, hello, I'm here to bring peace between the two of you. Uh, I don't think that's going to work real well. Uh, But if there are people that are quarreling, and one person says, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really trying to work this out with my brother, and I'm not being very successful here. Well, you can be a help. If they come to you and say, uh, can you help? I, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I want to get along. Okay? You can be a peacemaker between a husband and wife if they want you to be. But if they're not seeking your help, there's not much you can do. And at that point, you're meddling. So you have to be invited in, as I see it, to be a peacemaker. But what you don't have to do is throw gasoline on the fire. Okay? You don't have to say to that husband and wife that aren't getting along, when you see them individually, you don't have to go up to the wife and say, you know, I've often thought you're married to the worst person on the face of this earth. That doesn't bring peace. That doesn't end strife. That stirs it up. Sometimes people think that they are doing good by siding with someone in putting everybody else down. Okay, That, that you're good. It goes back to me. You know, so many things, so, so many stories. Uh, I remember in, encountering this when I was back in high school. I was uh, sitting in a uh, study, uh, study hall, and there were a bunch of girls behind me. And there had just posted the list of people that got leads in the high school musical. And so people would look to see who had leads in the high school musical. And there was this girl that wasn't very popular because she was extremely conceited. Uh, she had a beautiful voice and she knew it. And she was just kind of miserable to be around. Okay? She was just pretty hoity-toity. And so the other girls didn't like her. And sure enough, it was posted and she got the lead. And I remember them sitting and they were cackling together. And the one girl was trying to encourage the girl sitting next to her and said, you know, you have such a a nice voice. I can't believe they didn't pick you to be the lead. You're so much better than this other girl. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, she can't even carry a tune. Uh, You know, it's true that the other girl, I mean, yeah, she had her problems and, and she was a snob and all this other stuff. But reality was, she was a lot better 
than this girl who couldn't carry a tune. I can see why she wasn't chosen. All I'm saying to you is, but that girl thought that she was doing her a favor by saying, I can't believe that you weren't chosen. I can't believe that that director would do that to you. That's so unfair. That is actually stirring up strife. That's causing this girl to be displeased with the decision and to find fault with the director. If we aren't careful in trying to support others, we can actually be stirring up strife rather than being a peacemaker. F. We can be a peacemaker by refraining to participate in gossip. Proverbs 26, 20. Without, a fi- fi- without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Again, I love the imagery. Without wood, a fire goes out. If you just don't add wood to the fire, it eventually dies. But if you throw wood on there, it continues on. We don't have to pass on the tales. We don't have to pass on the things that people have done that are untoward, that, that, are, that are not kind, that, that are not gracious. We don't have to tell other people about the struggles that, that certain people are having. That stirs up strife. It doesn't bring an end to it. Then lastly, we can be a peacemaker by doing what is right. Proverbs 16, 7, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. We become a peacemaker by just living godly lives, by doing what's right. Uh, If we respond in every situation in a Christ-honoring, appropriate fashion, we are going to help to bring peace uh, to uh, situations. We are in a Christmas season in which the angels are told uh, to the shepherds uh, that a uh, Savior is born and uh, to the earth goodwill, peace towards men. Uh, What the gospel should do is bring peace to the world. And it needs to start with the church. The gospel should bring peace to the church. It should be an enabling, powering work of the Holy Spirit to enable God's people to get along. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. In just a moment, I'm going to close in prayer. And uh, tonight, the senior choir is going to rehearse in here for the cantata. So we're going to ask, would you please quickly leave the sanctuary after I pray so that the senior choir can get ready. You don't have to leave the church. Uh, You can go to the narthex. You can go to Fellowship Hall. You can still mingle, and we'd encourage you to do so, but please not here, okay? Uh, Out there, and... uh, We'll let the the choir practice, and uh, we look forward to uh, their uh, ministry on the 18th in the evening as they bring the senior 
uh, choirs cantata to us. So after I pray, please go somewhere else. Okay, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the, the gospel of peace. And I pray you would help us to really be peacemakers. May we guard our hearts and minds and may we see how there are times in which we actually, perhaps unwittingly, I hope unwittingly, we stir up strife. And yes, there are times in which people love to delight in, uh, in bringing strife between others. Uh, Lord, may that be not true of us. And uh, give us wisdom that we know how to respond, how to behave, how to conduct ourselves in a manner that helps others live in peace. For we know that it brings glory to your name, and we know that it brings joy to your heart. Uh, thank you for our senior choir, and we pray for them as they, they practice tonight. Uh, I pray that uh, even as they, they sing these great words, that their hearts will be enriched and blessed. And we look forward to their ministry uh, to us on the 18th. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, and you are dismissed.